lads, I got some bad news for you. We've been cancelled. Ah, fucker. It was always going to happen. It was always going to happen. Who listens anyway, man? Who listens anyway? Fucking shit. And I know you're disappointed, but we have to accept that ASSR just has too much quality content right now on the feed. We gotta accept the fact that Stephen has to make room for other quality shows like the Raw Report, uh, Anyway Back to the Wrestling, Wednesday Night Wars, Four Way Fatal, Alba Good Graps, you know, Re- Suplex and Binge, all that great quality, quality content that people have to listen to. It's more important than Saturday Draft Live. Fuck or whatever. Aye. I mean, but, you know, seasons, and this is what it's come to. I mean, I'm suppose, I suppose there's a chance of all of those shows go to shite, and we may have a chance, but, you know, I wouldn't hope. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello everyone and welcome to an historic episode of Saturday Draft Live. Saturday Draft Live episode 150. I know, I can't believe we're here either. I am your host for today, Scott McLeod, because I have my contract that milestone episodes like this, I must host. Like Hulk Hogan, I must go over, I must pose, brother. And (laughs) I'm here to celebrate this historic occasion with some very, very special people. I have with me two men who were thrust upon me as my co-hosts when, you know, my other one sadly departed. But you know what? They stepped into their own. One of them talked a lot about numbers and the other went from drafting Ricochet, the first round, and making the mistake of choosing Eric Crowan for some reason, to going on to be a three-time draft winner. They are David Talkney and Jack Graham, you know, the dream team right there. Hello, boys. Hello, hello everyone. Hello, as I was there, there was some uh, uh, terrible, terrible picks in the past, but I I always somewhat defend Eric Rowan as there being logic to that pick after like going twelve weeks, at least winning of just like squashing folk. Then all of a sudden, I pick him, and then the storyline just stops. He's nowhere to be seen. So I was, I was unfortunate, but there was there was some sort of logic. But yeah, I can't defend Ricochet. Unfortunately, but look at me now, three <laughs> times, baby. Dave, it's nice to have you here as well. Yeah, nice to be back. Nice to have reached 150 episodes finally. And, you know, much like Jack, you know, and a couple other guys here, we're multiple time, we're all multiple time draft winners. I think it only makes sense that we're we're sitting at the top of the mountain on this historic milestone that is 150 episodes. Yes, we are here. We're here doing what we do best, talking about how great we are, no matter how much people dislike that. And now comes... The little boy who came from a league that nobody likes. He he fought through his circumstances to come on to this show and he may be on the cusp of finally winning the big time. The underdog that could do it. He is the former work experience boy, Ryan Douglas. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Scott. I like that you addressed I am the former work experienced boy, David Hockney. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, party time, it's happening. It's only a matter of weeks. Let's do this thing. And also, I like the individual introduction as opposed to the grouping that they two got because obviously me and my uh, 
predecessor are something of noteworth. So fuck you two. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying. I was grouping those guys together in a positive way because these two have been here for a long time. I believe we were merely in the twenties of episodes when those two came aboard. So you know, these guys have been here for a long time, and I'm going chronologically here. I do have a purpose for my intros, but you know, when you're when you were younger, you'd make some new friends. And then one of your older friends that you knew from when your first school or grew up on your street came along and you suddenly start acting like a different person or act like a complete dick towards your new friends. I, I promise you guys that that will not happen on this day, today's show. On a completely unrelated topic, you dickheads shut the fuck up. The OG host is bad. The man who's going to dominate this listener's league, David Campbell, the goat has returned. Happy days. Yes, the Packer from Dunder Mifflin um, of Saturday Draft Live. It's good to see you all here, especially you, Scott. No one has paid tribute to you enough. The man who's edited nearly every episode of this show, blood, sweat and tears, went into Saturday Draft Live. I have nothing but love for you. It is a shame that you're surrounded by a coward, a blowhard and a guy. Ryan, 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 I'm going to say something nice to you. You're not the working experience boy. You Thank are you. not the one who's been spoiled. You're just a prick. All right. So I hope. <laughs> so I'm ready to get here, get on with the show, Scott. But I, I will only, much like Roman Reigns, will not talk to JU. So I will only talk to my UC boy, and that is Scott <laughs> McLeod. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I've always described myself as the savvy Zayn of USSR. And it's nice to finally be recognised as such. Nice. Uh, but, you know, it's a celebration now, but there's work to also be done because we've got scores to be talking about. And we've got John Moxley in the top three of the week, nine points, the AEW world champion. But it doesn't feel like we see John Moxley in this top three enough to say the fact that he's been so dominant the last you know, season and a half, especially being in the world scene. But, you know, he, he does have a successful defence recently, and he was on Rampage last night. Uh, I'll go to uh, I'll go to David Campbell, our special guest for this one, just to start off. You, David, you remember when the season three we started, including AEW picks. And I think it's been very consistent that since the beginning, uh, John Moxley, when he's been picked, has been a strong performer from the AEW site. Yeah, 100%. He's like, he had a great performance, I remember, back for Daniel in season six. 94 points he scored back then. Jack Graham remembers that well, pushing Jack to the very limit in that season as a sort of powerhouse on Daniel's team. But the thing about Moxley, I think luck has a lot to do with it. And there's some things you can predict. I think that mentioning Jack Graham, he has done very well this season, as we'll get to uh, predicting the ebbs and flows of some competitors. This season, John Moxley has been a bit of luck, hasn't it? A lot of factors have had to come into play for John Moxley to get that title, get Gets and wins under his belt. But there's the possibility he's only roughly about 20 or so points away from that 94 point total, which would make this his best season. There's a possibility he could see that this season for Mox. We'll have to see how it ends up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jack, uh, you mentioned you, so I'll go to you as well for the, this. You know, Grand Robbie, I believe, chose John Moxley first round. And like I said, it's always a reliable pick for John Moxley to be your number one kind of guy for going on the EW side. I think uh, Grant's moved up quite a few places in the top 10 this week, and I think Moxley's recent title of success has a lot to do with that. Yeah, but I think just going back to the sense of lucky, you know, if uh, 
if CM Punk, see if CM Punk's dog didn't get like battered in the locker room and Kenny Omega and all that, like didn't get suspended. <laughs> none of this, none of this would have happened for Grant. You know what I mean? He ended up, John Mox ended up getting the title back. He's been getting countless defenses after that. If things went the way it was going, CM Punk would be your champion right now, and John Mox would be in holiday. So I think there's some, some some unfortunate events that Grant might not like on TV that's happened to certainly helped him in the draft. So you can't won't be complaining too much. So so yeah, I think, he can, I think he's I think he's a somewhat happy of the situation that took place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if uh, CM Punk didn't have to go full John Wick because someone caused harm to his dog, then maybe Grant Robbie wouldn't be in this position. But I think we all heard. You know, I think he still would have been around quite a bit with John Moxley on TV, even when he's not the champion. But uh, Ryan, I'll come to you with Braun Breaker on in second place on 11 points. He's on Ross's team. We were talking about very minimal NXT uh, representation in the draft this season, despite you know, Halloween Havoc happening uh, last week. But it's paid off for Ross. The big players have seemingly paid off as Braun Breaker's on 11 points still. The NXT champion doesn't seem like he's dropping the belt anytime soon. Yeah, there's been little, there's been little hints of uh, maybe potentially doing it soon, but um, it's starting to clear up the fire title for another little while. Um, especially him getting picked sixth round because everybody forgot that he existed, or in my case, <laughs> was scared to pick him because everybody else forgot he existed. Uh, but proven to be obviously a great having a champion round six. You cannot cannot complain about that having the defence at the weekend there, and I don't see him losing it for another while. I think there was also a bit of uncertainty around uh, NXT and the, the changeover and everything with 2.0, so I think a lot of people have been kind of worried about taking certain people, because, you know, and also the big events like your Halloween Havocs are very infrequent, so maybe that played a part in it, but Dave, I was wondering if you think maybe with a change to white and gold, there's a chance we could see more NXT picks, because we do have someone on Jack Graham's team, Mandy Rose, on, on 18 points, retaining her NXT Women's Championship at Halloween, having against Alba Fire. Her dominant reign continues and is adding to Jack Graham's already impressive team. Yeah, I mean, she's now been NXT Women's Champion for a, for a full year now, I believe. So she's been... Uh... She's been um, having a, a terrific run as of late, and she's made a believer out of me uh, when I was a bit skeptical about her title reign at first. But, you know, she's racking up big win after big win at key points in this draft, you know, much like, you know, unifying the NXT UK women's title. And then obviously this went at Halloween Havoc. I thought it was a cert she was going to lose this time around. But, you know, lo and behold, she keeps she keeps pulling through and she's scoring massive points this week as well. I think this is probably one of her best performances I've seen in in quite a while. So, yeah. It's actually already Mandy Rose's best season ever. Um, she's on 54 points. Her previous best was 51. Scott, for you back in season two. I think Jack deserves a lot of credit for this because there has been a stigma around Mandy Rose the last couple of seasons. Tom McMadden, God bless his soul, you know, never the best drafter, uh, took her for two downright disastrous seasons in 11 and 12. But Jack's taking a risk on her here. It's paid off massively. Fair play to him. Great season. I don't get why folk were, were so adamant that he was she was going to lose. I don't with, with it being so close to her breaking the rain and they're needing something that's very kind of headline grabbing for NXT 2.0. I don't know why folks would folk thought that she would lose and not get that historic title reign. That's exactly what the brand needs, and also it's, it's going to happen with it. I, I don't know the exact date when it happens. She will lose shortly after that kind of crowning moment <laughs> occurs. 
So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get why folk had so much uh, scepticism about that defence, but it's it's proved dividends for me clearly. Yeah, I think because he went from the main roster to NXT, I don't think a lot of people expected or be that long, let alone win the title. But I think any of the last few seasons like during her title reign, I think if you pick Mandy Rose, it'll hindsight look like a great pick because of the, the amount of different people she's defeated over the last year. And, you know, I think with the dominant performance, I mean, she might not still be NXT champion by the time the next season comes around. But like, I guess in hindsight, if you'd have picked her first round, I know some people may have thought, that's a bit weird, but I think it would have paid off because she's on 54 points overall right now. She is tied with the most successful pick in your team, Jack, with Gunther. And she's one point ahead of Bobby Lashley in her overall scoring. And in the top 10 of the season, she's just missing out because Gunther is also on 54 points. But Mandy's went from a pick that a lot of people were skeptical about to just about to crack the top 10 of the season. I think she has one more. Like big match in NXT, she could crack that top ten. Then again, though, Gunther does have an intercontinental title defense against Rey Mysterio coming up, so he could easily break away from that uh, bottom of the table, get himself a little bit further up. And if that goes to if that goes to point, goes to plan, he'll actually overtake Broad Breaker in the top ten, move mm. further on up. Moving on up, anyway. <laughs> Let's see who's moved on up in the top 10 overall this season. Let's see who's moving in the leaderboard. Adney Mitchell ain't moving anywhere. He's he's in triple digits, but he ain't going nowhere. 109 points, Vincent Man's financial advisor. Uh, a big jump ahead of him is Gary Kernan, 153 points. I know he's your, your old good friend there, yeah. David. Yeah. I'm sad to see the mighty have fallen. He's but I think maybe some bad juju rubbed off on him when he teamed with David two seasons ago. Then David had a bad season. It's rubbed off on Gary in some no, way. That's exactly what's happened. The, the drafting from first cursed is struck again for Gary Kernan. I know, in your opinion, you're the only David that wants to rub anything off of Gary Kernan. But we'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. After, after a more impressive than past listeners' league performance uh, winner. After a more impressive performance than past listeners, league winner Dan Axel Jameson has moved down to eight points on 211 points tied with what the Fenaki, which is Grant McRobbie, seeing Grant moving up the table you know, with his AEW heavy team. Iron just ahead of him with Ding Dong Cowboy shit. I'm giving you one last chance, Bailey. You've got that magic current duel against Bianca, and you better get it fucking done. Boss uh, <laughs> is just ahead of me, probably because you know his his guys do win big matches with like Sabron Breaker. He is on 233. 223 points with the full-bodied Bordeaux. Jack Graham, oh, I, did, I thought you were still in third. No, you've moved down to fourth. 231 points despite Mandy Rose's recent success. And Stephen Wilson is overtaking you in 235 points. Brian Gallagher is on 248 points in second place. He would be on the show today had I not waited until Thursday evening to ask him. So, uh, He's probably not. He's not here. He's probably hasn't even seen the message yet. But he'll be here some other time. But Ryan Delgleish, here we stand on a historic day, and you, sir, are number one overall. You are the one, and two hundred and fifty points, uh, like more than double what like the Andy Mitchell is doing the fucking bottom there. And right, I'll interrupt you, there, Scott. I've got something I want to say. And it's probably oh. way more important what you're going to say right now, Scott, and that is... Oh. One, <laughs> two. I was going to give you the platform to address you know, the comments of 
when Derry Campbell recently, but you know, like fucking butt in like a prick guy, don't you? <laughs> right, okay, so one, two, one, two, three, four. Party time, Scott. It's party time and it's fucking happening. Let's go, boys. Let's go. Fuck you, Campbell. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Me? Possibly why? Listen, Ryan, 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 Ryan. Poor sweet Ryan. I have always advocated for you. You know, when David Hockney was bullying you week to week in this show, you know, I, I was I was calling Childline. I said, this, this is unfair. It's unfair for them to do such a thing. But you're coming up against a guy. I've had two out of the five best seasons on average ever. All right. That's my two wins. When I win, I win big. And I'm about to win again. The listeners league. First one to do both. And the reason I know that you're not going to do both before me is because it's too perfect to narrative. Ryan Gallagher, my former Goat Tones brethren, Ryan Gallagher, is there right in your tail. And he is going to snatch it right from your pretty little jaws. All right. So enjoy your little party time. You know, maybe put that in your SoundCloud, the song you just did. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, but don't come crying to me because I've already told you it's going to happen. You know, I'm an honest man. I think it's very interesting that uh, we're talking about how Nottingham Forest won the, the English Premier uh, top division in whatever year in the 70s. And I'm glad you're back, Campbell, but um, it's my time to shine now. <laughs> okay. Go talk yourself in with your hot water bottle, son, right? <laughs> I, I think before, you know, things things boil over, I think... Uh, but the, uh, uh, I show a couple of weeks ago, me and Dave were talking about it. Not, not that I like to kind of compliment Ryan a lot, but I don't <laughs> think uh, I don't think his team gets enough credit. Uh, I think we everyone kind of wrote off Ryan's team to begin with as being like a kind of top dog compared to him. We're seeing he's he's number one. He's doing it with a pick of zero points. We picked Banks and Naomi, and I I, I I don't think it's been given enough uh, uh, praise. So I'll throw it out there now. It's. I, I agree with what you're saying there, Jack, because me and, and Ryan were talking about this the other week. I don't think anybody has done this well in the season, let alone come to first position with a pick on zero points. Uh, with like Max and Naomi being that pick. There was one other person in this league on zero points, and that's for the Adam Cole, who's on Gary's team. I mean, you see where Gary's fallen to. So, <laughs> it, yeah. It, I think again the fact that you you and Ryan Ryan Gallagher are both doing so well I've mentioned before is because you both have Kai and Sky. Mm-hmm. So I say it, it goes down to whoever else is on your teams at the minute. Yeah. It also comes down to Scott though, the appearance effect. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I mean, we can talk about the juggernauts, but they also have two very healthy <laughs> men backing them up. And Sammy Zane, forty eight appearances, and Miz for Ryan Gallagher on forty appearances. You know, like that's that's big numbers. That's huge numbers. And I'm not saying that he's picked a bad team. I'm just saying that if anyone had had the wherewithal to actually pick Kyan's guy as a tag team, like someone fucking should have, then this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> that's what I was telling them. Why the hell have they not picked Big Kai in the Sky as a tag team? Like, oh well, Dave, Dave, why didn't you do it? Oh wait, no, you're too pussy to be in the season. That's a very good point. That's a oh, oh, oh. Oh no, boys! I did really badly. I'm gonna set this one out for Dave. Yeah, Dave, I need to try more. I need to ask the question. Excuse me, I've not been here to say anything. Dave, 
Dave, Dave, Dave. Like, why? Why not just compete? Like, you'd probably be doing better than Andy Mitchell. The West End I mean? Country Club is undergoing renovation. I don't know. Moving to the East End. Oh, that's, oh that's, fuck that. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you weren't a real Celtic fan. Anyway, Scott, can you please? Oh, go. You are treading on very thin ice right now. <laughs> no. But yeah, if you want a Kang Sky's attacking Dave, you're very more than welcome to make a team and fucking pick them when it's your turn. But I was going for Bailey first, and then I was going to hopefully come back for Kang Sky, but some other people are very filled. Uh, looking at the other team, I really thought Austin D was going to cash in at Halloween Havoc after they teased it, because I thought that would have really done a lot so for... Gary Cross is probably going to lose uh uh, in that match, I think it's a cage match against Drew McIntyre, and uh, you've still got the Miz who's appearing regularly. I think one thing that Ryan Gallagher does have that could maybe clinch it because we've got full gear count. He does have the acclaimed for the Tag Team Champions, and you know everybody does love the acclaimed. And if he does, if Ryan Gallagher does win, I'm sure he and the Colt will be doing much scissoring throughout the night to celebrate this victory. <laughs> I'm also sure Ryan DeGlesia is watching Andor religiously, waiting for Sasha Banks to show up with a new with a new friend, <laughs> texting <laughs> texting Stephen Wilson frantically. This means points. This means points. Television. It's, like it's, like, it's like when Miz was on Dancing with, with Stars for Stacey. <laughs> she insist she should get a few points every time the Miz fucking did the cha cha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, at one point we counted NXT UK, so it's as it's as legitimate. <laughs> but now we must come to the league that David Campbell is doing so well in, and given that he he's made his sign so often, now he's trying to be like everyone else and pretend that he doesn't like it anymore because it's the cool thing to do. David Hockney, I throw to you. <laughs> to give us the top five of the listeners league here. Well, given it's an historic night, please make it short. <sighs> All right. If you, if you if you wish. So fifth place this week, Ross Henderson, Stone Cold Mr. Blobby on 226. Fourth place, Johnny Adam, last minute picks, 240 points. Craig Forsyth, who knows at this point, 253 and a half points. Stuart, save pussy with Conrad.com, 257 points. And surprise, surprise, it is at the top of the table with 278 points. It is our own team goat, Mr. David Campbell. Yes, yes. And I can confirm the reports from last week were accurate. I have made Stuart an offer uh, to remove himself <laughs> from the listeners league. Um, he is still uh, listening to the offer, uh, I've been told. I mean... Well, you may have to get another offer, right? Because Craig Forsyth's catching Stuart. Yeah, I'll do with him there. But he doesn't well, even know. He doesn't even well, know what's going on. All these pamphlets with different names on them sitting at your desk wouldn't get sent out. Yeah, I've decided I'm yeah. going to tr- try and um, buy um, Stuart a wee video from Conrad's Talking Pussy. Um, <laughs> uh, telling him happy birthday. Um, but I don't uh, know. he's told me he's too busy producing um, fake Yokozuna from Saudi Arabia's last match. That was his next special event. So, oh yeah, and you want to you want to talk about disappointments in the listeners' league, though? I mean, previous winner JP is sitting at the bottom of the table with uh, 145 points. Yep, Basler's a tough wank. Is his team as well? Yeah, that's where he belongs. 
to he deserves to be there for one being a prick and two for saying disparaging things about the Queen of Spades, Shane of Aisler. So Yeah. Do you know I actually wouldn't be SDL one fifty if I didn't say this. Scott, can you ask me who my favourite listeners league player is? David. Yep. Other than yourself, obviously. Yeah. Who is your favourite listeners league competitor? It's Robert Fucking Shaw. Shaw. <laughs> Love him. Uh, the highlight Laura's wedding for me was when we finally got to have the face-to-face meeting of Robert fucking Shaw and David Campbell. Which almost didn't happen because David went up to the wrong guy. (laughs) (laughs) I turned around, I was like, Robert fucking Shaw, and this guy's like, who? It was like, I was like, guardians of the galaxy. Me, Ross, at least one other person, and you said, not fucking him. Great guy. That guy was a wanker. The actual Robert Shaw was great. But... <laughs> like, forgive him. Somebody shoot Robert fucking Shaw at him. He doesn't know who Robert Shaw is. <laughs> nah. nah, he has no clue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't listen to SDL. He hasn't had a podcast that's reached 150 episodes. <laughs> Fuck him. But David, you talk about making deals and everything with, with Stuart. You mm. are quite ahead of him though he's on 257 you've jumped up 278 points so yeah. you're like 20 points 21 points ahead of him mm. you know I don't know if you really need me deals at this point because you know you've been saying that you know it, it shouldn't be that close in the listening league and now you've went into it and you know surprise surprise the unexpected hits you between the eyes you go into <laughs> this league look, look at the big gap that's appeared at the top yeah I know I know and I've drafted a good team I'm just a bit worried that it is a long season, and I've drafted well for the first half. Made a very smart captaincy change. Um, used that tool in my arsenal. Um, I had it in Braun, I put it in Bailey, um, and I think that pays off at Saudi Arabia, Scott. I think we'll be okay. Um, I'm just worried, like you said, about carrying cross losing. And if anyone I actually I have a missing persons poster on my Instagram right now, if people can share it, um, Aska has been MIA for about <laughs> close to a month. So if anyone can find that woman, you know, she has kids, like it'd be nice to, you know, find out that she's okay. <laughs> oh, we'll make sure keep out. The milk cartons are going out right now as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. But good look ahead to, to Crown Jewel, but we've got an extra week to do that, so we'll do that. That boring, you know, admin stuff when we're doing an actual show. But today is about celebrating. Now it's time to start do some reminiscing and talk about how great this show has been. And <laughs> I talk about some of our, our favourite memories from Saturday Draft Live. Ryan, I know you've probably listened to every single episode of Saturday Draft Live, wishing at one point you could be a work experience boy on the show and then not be a work experience boy and then do well enough to win an actual season. So I'm sure you have many favourite moments from SDL over the last couple of years. Well, I'll, I'll clarify. I've listened to every episode that I'm on because I need to feed my ego. <laughs> and finally it's paying off and I've got something to actually brag about uh, favourite uh, I wouldn't go that far I don't, I, listen, I don't enjoy the show does anyone enjoy the show why are we well, here I do. well I'm not enjoying it right now because you're <laughs> uh, maybe when we berated uh, David Hockney's team last year no wonder he t- uh, took out the season <laughs> when I said it was the most Hockney team he's ever fucking produced Wait, the entire bloody um, Undisputed Era, like, six years after they were relevant. 
Uh, hey, don't, yeah. don't you be dissing Undisputed Era, okay? That my baby Adam Cole led me to my first ever win, so that's uh, I mean that's got to count for something, and it was probably the most stylish win of the entire history of SDL. Given that I was sort of sitting in the middle of the table, Drew McIntyre, Scotland's hero, comes out with a Royal Rumble performance of a lifetime and pretty much wins mm-hmm. me the draft single-handedly when I picked him in about the third round. That. Yeah, right there yeah. is not to mention I picked Charlotte Flair in the previous round and she won the women's rumble when everybody thinks she, she thought Shayna was going to win. I mean, if that yeah. doesn't if that doesn't say stylish finish in the uh, in the SDL draft, I don't know what does. I mean, I had people yeah. going off their nuts at me winning that season. No, you're not at you, David, because you won't shut up about it. Given seasons have happened since we're on the fifteenth by now, that was season three. It's amazing though, Scott. Like Dave's pointed out there, Dave's both of Dave's wins are great because they required absolutely zero skill on his part. Like the first win, <laughs> <laughs> the first win he's carried to a win by two looking rumble victories, and then the second time Gary Kernahan with his beautiful bald dome has to step in to, to, to provide him with a second victory. Dave is absolutely outstanding. I love it. It was no skill. It was all logic and analytics. That's how I operate. And sometimes, you know... Oh, Dave, you've not delivered a stat in this show for the past 54 episodes. Or <laughs> like that. on. That's because you guys are trying to take my job from me. You know, you're trying to get, get yourself open. cross-skilled. Get that open, mate. Campbell did more in the open segment about Mandy Rose than you have in about six months. <laughs> That's because he doesn't fucking <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you know... You say we're trying to do your job. It's everyone's job to talk about the numbers. Otherwise, what else are we fucking doing here? But <laughs> I do, I do, I did love how Gary and David won the tie team season because really all they needed to clinch those last few points for them to take the season or for these two to just make an appearance. And, <laughs> and Gary's living room when we were there watching Mania Night 2 when the Usos appeared on the ramp next to Roman Reigns amazing <laughs> it was something to behold you know you talk about stylish wins I think a very stylish way to win a season is to say you're not going to pick somebody pick them in front of the person you said you weren't going to take them have that tag win a tag team elimination chamber and on the same night your first round pick absolutely dominates a women's elimination chamber, giving you an unsummertable lead that not even a pandemic can take away. Oh, Scott, that was a dodgy thing to do. It was a, it was a dodgy thing to do, but it paid off in the end. Um, so, well, kudos to you. I think, is that, that's got to be, I mean, Jack's going to argue with this because one of Jack's seasons probably was more dominant, but I don't remember a season where I just was like wrapped up shop. I was not interested after the elimination chamber. I was like, oh yeah, Scott's won. <laughs> I think to, up until that point, that was the most dominant SDL victory up until that point. But then, buddy, Stephen had to take Bailey the next season when mm. she was basically on every Baston show alongside Sasha Banks. Yeah, yeah. And then I tried to take them and uh, that worked out well. Um, yeah, you <laughs> You defended it tooth and fucking nail. Nah, right. Like Dave says, I don't shut up. I'm a stubborn man. You know, so. <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh, the golden role models broke up. Who would have thought it? Literally everyone else. <laughs> 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 anyone else. But 
Jack, you got some favourite moments you want to talk about? Maybe you can talk about one of your many victories, or maybe you can talk about something else. Because I know we all have an ego on this show. Uh, uh, oh well, I'll, 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 I'll continue going the 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 ego going. I really not not just my 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 latest victory when I was top of the table and I didn't get uh, taken off the top. I can tell you that for a good amount of time, and it, it, it ended up being I, I was top of the of across like two seasons. I was top of the table for six months. That's that's I think that's I think that's, 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 that's a great achievement. But not even that's my favorite moment. I think my favorite moment is uh, the, the the final run in with uh, Daniel Campbell in the first draft uh, victory for myself when it came to the right down to the last match. I think I won by a point. I think it was a point I won by. Mm, it was on a that point. first season. He was yeah. he was counting on someone having to make an appearance right at the very end because a match didn't go his way. On the on the pay per view, which which uh, which became unfortunate for him, I managed to clinch it right at the end. I think that was my favourite because it, it was the 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 closest victory that I've I've ever had, and I compared the other two have kind of been quite a big big gap. I, I I really enjoyed that that moment. It was a good it was a, it was a good run in that. Mm. It was one of two big battles going into that Survivor Series. It was used to fighting over at one point, yeah. And it was also me and David Campbell trying not to be relegated. No, yes. Uh, Oh, I've never loved Seamus more before this like turn on his own. Oh no! He broke the face of Stefan just sit there and took it like the bitch that he is. The thing about the draft is though, like he couldn't write that. Like sometimes the perfect stories just come up. Going into that match is like, oh, Seamus or Rollins who have a better performance. Each is on the other's team, and Seth Rollins literally just kneels down, and you should have saw my face, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" What oh God, I remember that. That was oh, God. that was uh, it was a tragedy of epic proportions. Oh God! Uh, to be fair, we also have to point out that Jack said top more times than that past wee bit, um, than a desperate gay bottom uh, in the middle of play. <laughs> um, <laughs> top, top, top. I'm top. You can tell yourself, man. <laughs> but, oh, like I know that means that in the actual you know outside of Vegas I meant I finished bottom, but fuck it, yeah. <laughs> I'm still happy with how it happened. Oh, <laughs> it was said a hilarious. Purgatory was funny as well. That's where we got uh, possibly the worst character in the history of the draft. Uh, Grant McRobbie's favourite character of the darkness. A wee shout out to the darkness for Grant. I know you'll be listening, son. <laughs> You called yourself the darkness, and you still you didn't have the courtesy to give us a little rendition on something of I believe in a thing called love. <laughs> the thing is, I called myself the darkness, but my light was still probably better than Scott sometimes. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> but like I said, you could not write that any fucking better yeah. uh, if that happened. And... But then you came back and won the first ever, you know, tag team season. Oh. All your whole oh. team on Naya Jax of all people. <laughs> Naya and Shayna. Who would have thought that Naya, that, in fact, I did, the reason I knew is because in purgatory I picked them as a team and said to Naya, and I think they're doing well, I think they'll have an even better season this season. Uh, and we picked them and it was just like, oh, juggernaut's taking us to the final bit. But that season was so exciting because, like, 
I think any other tag season, Grant and Gary would, were an outstanding team to go up against, like, really took it to us. So, again, it's the seasons that come down at the wire. Like, another one of my favourite memories is a season that I just lost. It was season 11 because it was going into the Rumble, Alan, me, and Ross, like, all sort of vying for it in the Rumble match itself. And I remember, I just needed, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Corbin or someone stupid like that. God, the me. I was like, God damn it. Just one more elimination or something just would have done it for me. But Alan ended up taking it home, which is the most original thing he's done in months. Uh, so so good for him. I will add on top of the Nia Jax comment that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are big for me because they I, I won the season. League, that juggernaut season. And I probably mm. wouldn't be here without that season. So thank you, Nia Jax. Yeah, And also you. Bailey won me that season last minute. So <laughs> well done. Oh. Bailey, we're talking about drafting royalty. Bailey's on that. And it was a Pierce point. She was injured. She appeared at WrestleMania. <laughs> it was a WrestleMania appearances like randomly. It wasn't announced. It just happened, and she appeared like seven times. Was it where she got beat up by the Bellas? That was yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not the fans bit. were not having it. Yeah, not the <laughs> Barton Bellas for all the pitch perfect fans out there. Yeah, the Mickey and Bree. Cece and David were loving that. Everyone else fucking hated it. <laughs> 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 Go listen to the Bella show and eat the back catalogue if you want all your Bella goodness. <laughs> oh, what a show that was. But yeah, sometimes some of the funniest moments are when you, you lose. But you guys, briefly, who who else are some of your favourite drafters in this league that aren't, you know, yourself? You know, feel free to mention anyone on the panel as well, but you don't have to. <laughs> I'm glad Gary finally got his win with the tag season last year. Was last 100%. year the year before? Year before? Yeah, yeah. it was media uh, this year. Yeah. Oh, he's. I remember Jack asked me about a year ago if I was ever to do a tag season. Who would I like to do that wasn't or not do? That, <laughs> the tag I, I would like to do it. <laughs> Gary, got a hook up. Um, you know, you got me on Facebook now, so you can give me a message. But no, I think um, if I did a tag season without Jack, it would be Gary Kernan because I think he is. A very underappreciated drafter. Mm. Yeah, uh, he, he finished third, he finished second three times and third once before he eventually won. It was heartbreaking to see <laughs> someone come back go that close so many. He, he truly was the Leo DiCaprio um, of the draft. Um, but <laughs> for me, I hope um, Chris Anthony Lopez comes back. I don't think oh, anyone's oh, yeah. been so consistently good in the few seasons they've done. He, he truly has become the new Grant McBobby, the medium man. Um, so I hope that we see more Cal in future drafts. If, you know, a tag, a tag season could be the thing to get him. I imagine a Cal-Jack Graham team, for example. I think that could run roughshod over the division. You know you know who, I, who, who I'll give credit to? I'll, I'll, I'll say Ross, purely because he was, he was shit for so long. Got his uh, draft win right, and his draft win still gets forgotten about. I think that takes some effort to. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I will say, I was still defending. Rather, I said all these picks on paper may not seem to work out, but he puts together good teams. Everyone else was doubting me. Even that, Stephen Wilson was saying, "Why are we still in this assumption that Scott Ross is a good drafter?" 
and then he shoved it right back in your all your stupid faces. Yeah. Now I think the thing that got Ross is that fifty percent of the time he didn't pick his team uh, in the proper manner. So <laughs> he's either late or not there or someone picks it for him. And eventually, you know, he got that win. I think Ross is a very clever man. You can listen to Central and he's always got his theories and he's he's these things to say, you know. So he knows wrestling. Um so he's always he's always a is Ross McLeod. I do, I do love you mentioning Chris Lopez because I remember that tag team season most recently where you know the previous one I got put with buddy Stephen Wilson and that was like putting the oil and water. That company. <laughs> Former two-time draft winner. This will be a dominant team going for our combined fifth one. No, nope, we could not. We did not see eye to eye at all. But then I thought, oh, Chris Lopez he doesn't really know, you know the rules. I had to explain him the rules of the draft. How's this going to work out? And then he took it. He got it right away. We, oh, no, no. Why I was I was gutted about not winning that tag, even though we dominated most of it. Not mm. just for the sake of saying I could be a three-time winner before Jack said it, but it was because I know that the winners of the tag season get the option to reform the following year, and it means ah. now I'm grateful to me and uh, fortunate that I will not get to team with Chris Lopez again, and that's the saddest thing. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. And the goat tones, you know, we put our right to reform on the line, but I can't exclusively reveal that my new team, the green, white and golden role models, uh, will be featured <laughs> in the tag season. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I hope you get randomly paired with Ross with that name. <laughs> I'm sure he will love it. Oh, I'm sure we just need to reform Roscoe if that happened, but I would, I would take my name out of it, you know, I, I would accept it. <laughs> It'd just be too good for, for the old time fans, Scott. You know, classic, classic suplex retweet fans, you know. If you've been here since, if you've been down with ESSR since day one, it's H, then you'll know. Like, uh, I, I did love how we all, I, I mainly was saying, oh, Ryan Gallagher can't do well in the draft without David Campbell. Ryan was always his mid without David Campbell. You protested that long and hard and then when he's came back and you weren't doing as well as you thought you immediately turned on Ryan <laughs> <laughs> would you expect anything less it was all you know I was just um, I knew that this season would come you know and Ryan's crowning glory in his own would come I was just trying to G my partner up a wee bit it was like have you have you seen I Need a Doctor by Dr. Dre you know I was the Eminem and he was Dr. Dre you see that's what I was doing there the thing I remember about that season is, I think at the beginning of that season, I remember watching it as the listener, and on paper, you two had the best team. <laughs> and then so much went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was a calamity. It truly was a calamity. <laughs> like, and don't get it twisted, at the time I was very upset by how badly it went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, but... As we've been here, it's been a long episode. I know some people don't like long episodes of STL, but for important ones like this, then it's very much unavoidable. Yeah. It's been a hell of a show getting to you know, chat with everybody. Oh, how silly of me. There I was about to wrap the show up, but Jack, you had something very important you wanted to say, didn't you? <gasps> oh, oh I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave, I told you a couple of weeks ago that I didn't care for the title shot and I didn't care for the title. <laughs> I still don't care for the title, Sean. I still don't care for the title. So you don't need to worry about that. It's fine. I'm actually going to say something else. Uh, okay. 
No, I say I'm, I'm, I'm doing my title shot right now. Yes! 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 We'll, we'll have a title yeah. shot in the show. Yes! Yes! Uh, episode 150, thought go out with a bang. Uh, really don't like that you've not entered the season uh, this season. I think this is the the, my, the one way to make it to make it great. So indeed. <laughs> to be oh, honest, Jack, whoa. I actually saw this coming, so I was more than prepared for it. I did not. <laughs> I am excited. <laughs> no, one, no, no one hates this title more than Jack does. <laughs> I mean, like, see, Dave, if you remember what I went through my message with Scott, if I just get it up quickly, he goes, he messaged me on Monday. Are you sure you don't care about that, the title shot from last season? Because I think surprising Dave would be a great title defence for SDR 150. My first message, now nah, I'm no arse for it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> then I went, but I guess it could be good for the show, so why not? <laughs> Yeah, because like I know I've done this today before when I surprised him with by secretly adding Andy Mitchell to the Call Drug episode. Oh. When <laughs> was anything about it. The only good thing Andy Mitchell has ever done in his life, Jack. Let's do this. Come on, boy. Brian <laughs> uh, Douglas, are you okay to be questioned, boy? Here, because I'm gonna have them send the answers to you. Have we got a question about a think one? <laughs> no, I've got a question, but do you mean the guy that they send the answer to the question? Sure. He sounds right, confused, Ryan. I'm going to explain it again. They're going to send you their answers. That's right. You, that's right. You I've read answers out. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes. I, I got this, boys. I got this. <laughs> mm. Man, make fire. <laughs> Go back, <laughs> right, lads. Here is your question. Right, here we go. As we discussed on the upcoming wrestling mix, we discussed the. Elimination Chamber match. Now, he may not have won the Elimination Chamber that we talked about, but Triple H does have the most victories in the Elimination Chamber with four. Across his four Elimination Chamber appearances, how many people has Triple H eliminated from the Elimination Chamber? Ooh. How many people across four appearances has Triple H eliminated from the Elimination Chamber? I will insist on quick answers to avoid suspicion of Googling. And remember, if you are, if we send the same answer by some coincidence, then it's whoever got it in first that will end up taking away the title. David right. Campbell, aren't you happy you you came here for this episode? Oh, for a title shot, you know I love that that championship, and I think it's good for the show. You know, it's good for the show. We need a strong champion who will be here every week. That won't be Jack Graham. I've heard he's more of a part timer these days, but it's still exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we need we need ready, kid. We need ready. I, I, I will say I do have two answers. Are they the same answer? They're not the same. Octave oh, is first, but doesn't matter because they're not the same. So yeah. your your champion put eight, and the uh-huh. challenger put seven. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, I can confirm that here today. On Saturday Draft Live, episode one hundred and fifty, that we do, in fact, have a new. Hang <gasps> on, banana. He has seven eliminations across four appearances. Across four, four victories, sir. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like John, he's like John Snow. You know, he who doesn't want the power is good for the power. Well done, Jack. Well done. 
I'm going to do a Dolph Ziggler and lay the title at the top of the the the, the ramp, and then not appear back. Do I have to come on the show? <laughs> no, you've got you've got the media to do. You know, Stephen Wilson promised me a champion appearance on FT Podcast in a couple of weeks, so you better do the the media run, son. Uh, Dave, do you want the title back? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also the big picture. Oh no! Oh wait! Oh, no. <laughs> like Carl Anderson, I know you're wanted in Japan, you must get on that, that plane to Saudi Arabia, where I'm sure we'll be doing a sweep and you may lose that title, you've got to your obligations as a champion. Well, you know, I, I am your champion, you know what Dave, maybe if you win this season you can get your title shot back, oh, oh wait. <laughs> you want to earn a shot to say you got to enter the season? Nah, nah, GG, yeah, well done Dave, you know, you've been a good, been a good champion, right? Yeah. GG! <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you know. I'll now. I guess now I need to enter the sweep for Crown Jewel. I mean, enter the fucking sweeps anymore. Uh, maybe, maybe come in back then. You know, uh, uh, I think I found my winning streak with sweeps again. I could easily just pick it up back then, rather than have to go through the the hassle of uh, having to wait months on end to finish the top of a table just for an opportunity. You found your winning streak. You won one fairly recently. Yep. <laughs> the streak's alive again. One. I'll let it ride, boy. Let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, what an episode it's been. We've had returns, we've had bickering, we've had reminiscing, and we have a new champion. All the excitement. Anything can happen in the Saturday Draft Live. But <laughs> I want to thank the men. I, I, there's few other people I would have wanted to join me for this episode, and sadly they weren't available. But thank you guys anyway for being here with me on this day. Thank you to the potential season winner, Ryan Douglas. Thank you, Scott. Thank you to our new ASR champion, reluctantly, as it may be, Jack Graham. Aye, aye, thank you very much. Thank you, good show. Your reservations to the man who arrives. Costed the ASR title twice with a surprise title match on deal at this point, David Hockney. You're obsessed with it at this point, but uh, nonetheless, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you! Shush! Shush, please. <laughs> thank you! And to David Campbell, the OG, mm. for coming yeah. back. And the also, I, I want to thank uh, Stephen Wilson. You know, he's created something that 150 episodes people have spent talking about a draft that he made up, redeemed the points for, uh, made a sexy-ass spreadsheet. It's sexiest only second to Gary Kernahan. So thank you, Stephen Wilson, uh, for all the fun. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we look forward to having you back in the main league next season. Mm. And you're to win in the listeners league. But- oh, I have been through my third. I've been here almost every episode since November of 2019. This show predates the fucking pandemic. That's what. That's how long. <laughs> Don't I feel old? But we have been here for so long. We'll see you all when we inevitably reach 200 episodes, whenever that will be. And we say, right now, thank you. Keep on drafting. Unless you're David Hockney, in which case you just sit on the sidelines and just judge others. (laughs) 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 The next season you'll be back in the draft. Until we get to join the wheel, just keep on drafting, keep on analysing, and keep on talking about how much better we are than everyone else. Thank you.
Shush, please. <laughs> there now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quest Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in the show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.